everyone. Welcome to the Chi Alpha After Hours podcast, where we cover relevant topics in a Christ-centered way that you can engage in outside of fellowship, core, and one-on-ones. My name is Anna, and I'm hosting by myself today, but Dwight is here to share his testimony with us, and I am so excited for all of you to hear it. We hope that hearing about what God has done in his life will be encouraging to you, no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord. So Dwight... Thanks for joining me and being willing to share your story with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here and excited to share. Cool. Awesome. So glad. Well, hey, let's let's jump in. How about you introduce yourself by sharing what you do here on staff at OSU? Okay. Yeah. So, again, my name is Dwight, and uh, amongst other things, you know, we uh, do discipleship and reach students and do outreach on campus, like all the other pastors. Uh, one of my focus areas is to meet with the officers, so our president and vice president of Chi Alpha. Uh, so I meet with them every other week, and we just go over what's going on in the ministry, any room reservations we need, or any events that we're going to plan, and getting all that squared away with the university. Very cool. And you are leading a core too, right? So you're leading a core, you do one-on-ones, uh, you attend staff meeting. You and I are actually in the same region, so we're reaching out to students every week um, down at McNeary Dining Hall. So yeah, Dwight's a, a wonderful addition to this team. We're so glad to have him. Okay, great. Well, now let's jump into your story, Dwight. Where do you want to start? Well, um, we'll just kind of go back to my formative years, my early childhood years. So I grew up going to church. Um, essentially, the way it worked was if the church doors were open, my family was there. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I pretty much did everything. So Wednesday night, youth service, uh, kids before that, and uh, Friday night we did stuff, and Sunday morning, Sunday nights, all that type of stuff. It was just all about going to church. And so... Yeah, so I always knew uh, about the Bible. I knew about God, I believed in God, and it was in the. Let's see, I was probably five years old, about five, uh, in a Sunday school class before our regular church service. Um, I gave my heart to the Lord and decided mm-hmm. to follow Jesus when I was five, and still following Him today. Uh, so that's super exciting. So, so how many years has that been? Been now, you know, since you I was imagine? five. Yeah, thirty-two. 32 years. Wow. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's crazy to think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just have to throw this in there, Dwight. That's longer than I've been alive. So praise God. You've been walking with Jesus. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So um, then we, uh, my family, I grew up in California. Uh, When I was seven, my parents decided to move our family up to Oregon, uh, where we moved to Ashland. And in that time, it was very difficult um, to leave all of my extended family behind. Uh, I didn't quite understand why my parents decided to move us, um, because we were kind of a close-knit family with my cousins and aunts, uncles, grandparents. Uh, but my parents just made the decision that we were going to move. And so we did. Uh, and early on, we actually lived with my dad's cousin um, and his family. And he actually pastored the church that we went to. Um, and so, again, lived actually in a church parsonage for a little while and often would um, be in the church pretty much every day of the week. Um, 
just because we had access to it, not so much like church stuff was going on. But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so uh, just kind of continued following Jesus. And I had a lot of like great examples of family members who were pastors and uh, what it meant to follow Jesus. And um, so quite the legacy um, of Christ followers in my family. And uh, so as I got older, uh, we transitioned to a different church. Uh, and we started going to an Assemblies of God church. Um, and it was during that time in in that church where uh, God really became real to me. Um, we, when I was about 13 or 12 or 13, it was like the summer I turned 13. Uh, I had gone to a summer camp and I had like a, a true encounter with Jesus. And it was at that point where I truly was like, okay, God, I'm following you 100% now. Like it is, it's you. You're real. Um, and I want to submit myself to you. And so I uh, got super involved with our youth ministry um, and uh, just wanted to serve Jesus as best as I could when I was in, in um, middle school, high school time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had this program uh, through Youth Alive uh, in the state of Oregon where they were looking for campus missionaries uh, that would be like missionaries to their campus um, in middle school and high school. and. Oh, so like a middle school or high school campus. Yeah. Oh, very yep. cool. And so uh, I decided to do that um, and had some good, like, basic discipleship stuff of, like, how to reach how to reach my friends and, like, signing up of, like, putting a list of names of who I want to pray for, who I want to reach out for. And, um, yeah, so started started kind of inviting friends to church and, and trying to be more missional in what I was doing. And I think I got a little discouraged as I had um, friends that didn't want to come or at the time I didn't feel like our youth ministry uh, would be a great place to bring a non-believer. Just the way it was, it was kind of just kind of disorganized at times. And so it was kind of very timid in my approach of inviting friends and um yeah, and then uh, my freshman year of high school, uh, I was at a winter camp, and uh, the speaker there had just asked, of, like, I believe that there's people that are in this room that are feeling like God is calling them into full-time ministry. And so if that's you, if you really feel like God is, is speaking to you in that, um, we're going to have this meeting, like, after, after the service, um, if you want to go meet. And I really felt at that time, like, God was saying, I want you to be a pastor, and so I went to that meeting, and one of the things they told me is that it'd be great to get plugged in to a church and actually like start serving um, and seeing what ministry is really like and, and doing anything I can to like model after pastors and just spending time with them. And, and so uh, that summer, because that was a winter camp, that summer I had reached out to a family member who was a pastor. Um, actually, it was the pastor from the Ashland church that I went with that we lived with for a while. They had moved um, to California, back to California. And so over the summer, I basically interned uh, with him and just kind of saw ministry firsthand, what that looked like. And uh, it got a real taste for it. And I was like, wow, this is actually seems like it's a great, a great thing. And so I was super passionate about that and just try to continue like serving uh, in my local youth ministry once I got back. And, um, and then we ended up switching churches around that time. Uh, went to a whole new church, and it was really hard to kind of adjust to mm. a new church and not knowing anybody. And um, but I just 
kind of plugged away and just continued to serve God and to serve the youth ministry and made some great friends uh, in that church. And, uh, and then probably about a year into being there, our youth pastor resigned and left. And we didn't end up having a youth pastor for almost two years. And so wow. knowing that God had called me into youth ministry, uh, I was quite discouraged of not actually having a youth pastor to like look up to and, and kind of model after. And um, But I had gotten close to a couple of the other pastors that were on staff that kind of were filling in in the interim and uh, pretty much did all sorts of stuff church-wise um, and helped in any way that I could. And, and then... Right before my senior year, um, our church hired a new youth pastor, and um, yeah, so it was like a boost of energy for me um, as I was really questioning my call of like, God, did you really call me to ministry and and whatnot? And then we get this new youth pastor, and uh, it, just him being there and him investing in me really renewed my sense of calling that that God was indeed yes, I want you to be a pastor and. And so uh, I decided uh, from there, once I graduated high school, that I would pursue a life of ministry. And I went to North Central University um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I left from Oregon. I went all the way to Minnesota uh, to go to college. Um, in North Is that kind of like the middle of nowhere? Um, well, it's downtown Minneapolis, so oh, it's in, in a really big city. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't know anybody, and so it was kind of a big a big step to travel and live halfway across the country. And, mm-hmm. of course, this was before smartphones, so uh, I couldn't do, like, video calls regularly with my parents or anything like that. And so it had to be just regular old-school phone calls. Um, and so, you know, uh, it was great, though. Um, I made some great deep connections, good friendships. And um, I knew that that's where God wanted me. And um, yeah, so I kind of like through that, through the, through the experience, I got, I got plugged into a church um, where I served as a youth leader to kind of just really see like what is youth ministry all about and um, ended up serving at that church for like five years, I believe, uh, possibly maybe six. I don't remember. But anyway, so like five or six years, um, got plugged in and really like learned what it was like to be a pastor. And um, then um, kind of, let's see, in 2008, um, so this would have been six years after high school, so I was about 24, um, I had just started to get really sick, um, didn't understand why. Um, and just never seemed to really get better. And no matter like what medicine I took and anything like that. And, uh, so obviously didn't know what was really going on. And, and so, uh, it just seemed like every single day I just got progressively worse. Um, I wasn't getting better, wasn't getting healthy. And it just got to a point where I pretty much had a fever every day, I had no appetite. I was tired. I just wanted to sleep all day. Mm. Um, couldn't figure it out. Had gone to the doctor, and the doctor thought I, well, I had strep throat, and so they gave me some um, medicine, some antibiotics to, to get rid of it, and it worked, but I still wasn't getting better. Um, and they had thought that maybe I had mono, um, and so I. But they didn't do a test. They just forgot. And so I was like, 
didn't think anything of it. The antibiotics worked to get rid of the strep throat, but I was still sick. And then it just like slowly started going going downhill from there. And um, and then I was planning on going home for Christmas, uh, coming back to Medford uh, to to go um, home. And uh, the day before I left, I was just feeling so sick, um, mm-hmm. and I ended up going to the doctor. Uh, the day I was actually flying out and, um, they again thought I had mono, uh, they, but they didn't do an actual test for it. And so, uh, they gave me an inhaler thinking I might have some sort of like, um, thing in my lungs and, and stuff like that. And so I took it, it really didn't help. Um, but I ended up flying home sick as could be, uh, felt like I was going to die and, um, really wasn't sure what was going on. And so ended up uh, getting back to Medford and um, it was actually on Christmas morning I ended up getting a bloody nose that wouldn't stop bleeding couldn't figure out why it had been like mostly bleeding for about an hour it like um, so we're like okay we need to go to the doctor so we went to an urgent care um, they got it to stop bleeding and then the nurse was like you know you might have mono we're gonna do a test so they actually did a, a blood test on me uh, and then they came back shortly after and we're like, well, um, we're not a uh, hematologist, we're not an oncologist, so like we can't confirm, but according to your blood test, it looks like you have leukemia. Um, and it was really obviously quite shocking, um, kind of like Christmas Day finding that out and they said we have already called the hospital and they're expecting you we want you to go right there uh, because if you start bleeding again you're not going to have the platelets you're not going to be able to actually like stop it from bleeding you could uh, bleed out and so um we went up to the hospital um just kind of in shock and just to know what was going on and um and then the doctor that had come in and said, yep, uh, basically confirmed that it was leukemia. Uh, she had highly recommended, based on my um, case, that I go uh, get life flighted up to OHSU in Portland um, to get on this system or this machine that essentially would take out my blood cells, um, spin it, take all my white blood cells out, and then put the rest of my blood back in. Um, because I had a very high case count. Um, so the average adult has between seven and 11,000 white blood cells, um, in their body. And when I had got tested, I had 111,000 was my, my blood count, which about a hundred thousand over what should be. Um, and so she basically, they said anything over a hundred thousand is an emergent, um, like emergency, like it has to be taken care of right away. And and so, um, so I ended up uh, with my mom, got life flighted to a plane, a uh, very expensive plane ride uh, to, <laughs> to Portland. It was an exclusive flight um, and got up to the hospital, got put on that machine and uh, started undergoing chemo, I believe that night or the next day, um, just started chemo treatment and, wow. and to, to minimize it. And, um, and then also by the time I got up there that night, my blood count, my white blood cell count was at like 156,000. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. And I just remember, though, that night, um, 
laying in my bed, just kind of in shock um, for sure, and really was confused and and not sure what was going on or why. Um, just definitely those questions of like, well, God, why did this happen to me? Like, why? And um, I just remember like that night I decided, I was like, I just started praying and just saying, God, like, I don't know why I have leukemia. I don't know the circumstances. I, I don't know, but I know that you're good. Um, and I know that you have big things in my life, like big plans for my life. And this is not how I'm going to die. Like, I believe that you're going to heal me. And that night it was like this whole, like complete peace came over me mm-hmm. and I didn't worry about having leukemia at all. Like I knew I was going to be healed and I knew God had healed me. Um, and it was like just complete peace the entire way. Um, and it's like crazy now to like, look back and be like, where did that come from? (laughs) Like, how could that happen? But knowing like pursuing God pretty much my whole life, um, and just always trusting him, um, I knew he was going to take care of me. And, uh, it obviously was a lot of faith and I still went through all of the chemo treatments. I, they had me do four extra consolidation treatments. Uh, and even though I knew God was healed, like healed me, I still went through the process of, of doing all of, all of the chemo, um, and all that. And, um, so that was Christmas day, 2008. And here we are now in 2022 and still cancer free and God healed me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, that was a a big moment in my life of like, okay, God, I do trust you completely. And, uh, ended up going back to Minnesota for a while, but I really felt like God was moving me on. Like my time in Minnesota was coming to an end. And, um, so I ended up coming back to, to Medford or, to Portland for a, a little over a year. Um, I was started doing a church plant with my cousin. Um, we were going to start a church in Camas, Washington. It ended up not going anywhere, so I decided to move back to, to Medford. And um, I had um, been working full-time in a hotel uh, with a Marriott and um, ended up starting, becoming a manager at a Marriott in Medford because I needed to work. And I... I did that really well uh, for a couple years, and then I got promoted to become a general manager of a Merritt Hotel in Medford and uh, ended up doing that for about five and a half years. Um, and that whole time I was back in Medford, I served in youth ministry and, and continued to serve um, as a youth leader. And um, it was about 2016 where I really, um, really felt like the time is now to actually get into full-time ministry, to, per, to, to pursue like and fulfill God's call on my life. And so I went through the process of getting licensed with the Assemblies of God uh, as a pastor and had every, every intention of becoming a youth pastor. And that was, that was my plan. And, um, and so I did that. I started looking for churches and didn't really feel any sense like God was leading me in any direction. And so I just continued to pray um, about um, like what God would have for me. And I just remember praying one night and um, 
I really felt like this sense of God saying, I want you to do Chi Alpha at Southern Oregon University. Uh, which is the local university in Ashland, Oregon, um, which I have a heart for. I went to Ashland High School, uh, went through the Ashland school system. And so, like, I really do have a heart for the city of Ashland. And um, so I really had no idea um, what that truly meant of doing Chi Alpha. Did you know what Chi Alpha was at that point? I had I had known somewhat what Chi Alpha was. I knew it was a college ministry. I knew it was a part of the Assemblies of God. Um, but I didn't have too many details, specifics of, okay. what, of what it was. I really thought it was reaching college students on a campus as a pastor. So I didn't, like, I didn't know what it was. And um, so I started, uh, met with, talked to a youth pastor, um, kind of just told him how I was feeling. And he's like, hey, have we talked about this before? And I was like, no. And he goes, because um, a guy named Steve Kramer, who at the time was the director at University of Oregon, um, has been praying and talking about getting somebody to be at SOU. And can I get you in contact with him? And I was like, sure. So um, him and I uh, connected and kind of talked and he kind of shared the vision and in the heart. And um, then he got me connected with the Northwest director, Dan Gunther. Uh, so we started chatting and talking and um one thing kind of led to another and found out I had to do an internship. Uh, and so I started applying uh, for internships. And um, But I guess before that, um, as I was really determining if it was God who was leading me into this, um, I just remember praying a lot about it because I live in Medford. I live in Southern Oregon. I love Southern Oregon. Um, and so I was really questioning, is, is this God calling me to this or is this me figuring out a way that I can stay living in Southern Oregon because I love it here. Mm -hmm. And so I really wrestled with that for um, quite some time. And again, through the conversation with Steve and then um, just hearing, even just talking to my senior pastor uh, and just like knowing a lot of people had been praying for something specific to happen at SOU. I was like, okay, well maybe there's a little bit more to this than like just me figuring this out. And uh, I had ended up getting in, in touch with a guy named Will who's the director of Chi Alpha at UC Davis. Um, and sure, sure happenstance, I was headed down to San Francisco to go to a Giants Twins game with some friends. And UC Davis is a little out of the way, but more or less is on the way. And so uh, I was able to connect with him and kind of get a, a perspective from him. And so we, like I go to their little Chi Alpha house and then he's like, okay, we'll, we'll tour the campus a little bit and talk. And so... I was like, all right. And like the moment I stepped foot on the campus, I knew that God had called me to do Chi Alpha at SOU. I had complete peace about it and was like, yep, this is this is where, where God wants me in. And so then, yeah, so then I started really like pursuing, okay, what is this going to look like? And, um, and then, yeah, how to do an internship and... Um, wanted to go to UC Davis because that's where I felt like the confirmation of the call. Uh, so that was like my first choice. And then my second choice was Western Washington University's internship um, because most of the people I had met that did Chi Alpha did it at Western. Um, so I put that one down and then I put Central Washington University down as my third choice. And um, I got selected to go to Central Washington University. So, oh, wow. um, so yeah, so it wasn't like, it definitely was not a high top choice for me, but it's where I got selected. And um, 
So I ended up leaving the hotel business um, in 2018 and jumped into Chi Alpha full-time. Um, and it's interesting, too, because when I was in college, um, I racked up quite a bit of student debt. And um, when I was graduated, I didn't. one of the reasons I didn't want to go into full-time ministry is because I didn't feel like God would provide the finances for me um, to be able to pay off loans and live um, a nice life, I guess. And so that was one reason I stayed in the hotel business. And um, so I went from that of like not trusting God to provide to now I'm doing Chi Alpha where like literally if God doesn't provide, I don't have anything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so so just really putting that trust in God of like, okay, God, this is this is like I'm here because of you and you're going to make it happen. And um, so I did my support raising over the summer, um, ended up getting fully funded like two days before I was supposed to be um, up um, up in Ellensburg and wow. yeah so I went through through the internship and um, initially it was I was told it was going to be a year um, so I was like, okay I can put this on hold for like my life down here in, in Medford on hold for a year and go up and do it and um, and then uh, one year turned into two years, uh, which I very begrudgingly said yes to. Um, I was not happy about it. Um, didn't feel like I, I needed it. I didn't want to do it. Um, and so, but I said, okay. Um, so I went back up there and did it. And then um, that second year turned into being on staff for a year up there as well. So I ended up being in Ellensburg for three years when I thought it would be one. Um, But also part of the reason I stayed up there for that third year was uh, there was this girl that I had liked that um, we had actually met uh, in Medford. um, And we... I was, I was like leading our young adults college group at my church at the time and got connected. Um, I'll just tell you via my parents, uh, she had come to our church and she was just there for nine weeks while doing some clinical rotation while she was in school. Um, very awkward first meeting, uh, but we had talked a couple more times. She came to our, our young adults group and um, well, it turned out like around the time I found out I was going to Ellensburg, she was going she was in Ellensburg on like a traveling position and decided to take a permanent position there. So we ended up basically both being in Ellensburg at the same time. And so in that second year that I was up there, um, I kind of started liking her more and more. And even though she didn't know that and (laughs) wanted to hang out with her all the time and also do ministry, of course. But, um, then eventually I was like, you know what, I need to tell her how I feel. And so I told her and, uh, she had some similar sentiments. And <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And so uh, we, we started dating, um, which was great. Uh, fell in love. And this last June, we got married. Um, and so it was definitely worth being up there for that third year um, and, the mm-hmm. second, and I guess the second year, too. So like, as begrudgingly as it was, like, good things came out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we got married last June. Her name's Jill. Hi, Jill. I'm sure you're going to listen to this. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so uh, like through that, then, you know, at the end of that third year, I was, you know, every year, I guess I've been expecting, like, I'm going to be at Southern Oregon University. And then it's always like, no, you're not. And um, it, very frustrating at times. But um, 
trusting that, yes, this is where God wants me. Um, then I've had the opportunity, um, had several conversations with Christian and uh, decided with a new way of doing things here in Oregon with Chi Alpha um, that they wanted me to come here for two years and build a team to go to SOU. And uh, so I said yes. And so we moved down here and this is my first year on staff and I absolutely love it. Uh, it's really great being here. I love this campus and I love ministry mm. here. So, Oh, that's wonderful. And you're yeah. kind of getting to experience what it's like working on a bigger team, yeah. and then you're kind of you're kind of getting to practice some director roles, right? Yeah, like leading mm-hmm. staff teams and things like that. So, getting a lot of that experience, then you'll take down there. But I'm sure that was hard. I mean, in the waiting. Oh yeah. You know, something that really stands out to me about your story, Dwight, is that you, in your processing of trying to decide where the Lord is calling you, you are involving like lots of people, yeah. like you were really, I mean, giving your story to God in prayer, um, those adventures that he was putting on your heart. But then you were also saying, hey, I'm to people around you, people in your life, like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about this, this idea, or I feel like God might be putting this in my heart. What do you think about that? So yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you wanted to throw in there? We can move on to the last point or anything else on your heart you want to share with students? Um, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think I get Cool. Um, so if you, Dwight, if you were talking to someone and you only had a few sentences to communicate what you've learned about God by walking with him, what would you say? Great question. Um, I think I think something, especially like having gone through like cancer and, and all that, I think the biggest thing I would say is even when you don't know what's going on, even when you, you can't see the future, you can't see beyond what's in the moment, um, that you can trust God, that like... God already knows, and God's ordained it, and God will get you through it. I think that's something that I've really learned just in, in like, every aspect of my life is I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can trust that God is good and that he loves me and he wants what's best for me. Mm. Great. Well, let's end there, Dwight. All right. Thank you so much for uh, helping us make this podcast happen and for sharing how God has worked in your life. Um, If you're out there listening, uh, students, we hope that this episode encourages you in your own walk with God. Feel free to email us with any uh, topic suggestions or any questions um, to Anna at Oregon State XA. Um, If you have any questions uh, for Dwight, feel free to ask him if you see him around in person, if you want to talk to him about his story, or um, I'm sure he would love to chat with you about that. So... Well, we hope you have a great week, and remember to bring everything to God in prayer, and that God is good, He loves you, and wants what is best for you.